first of our readings is taken from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 to 7. And that can be found in the Bibles in front of you on page 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 to 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The second reading is going to be found in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 2, which is on page 1027, reading from verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belongs to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, 
Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Thanks, Matt. Well, uh, it might be helpful if you flip on back to our first reading uh, from Isaiah chapter 9 that can be found back on page 694. We're going to be thinking about that this evening and into the morning. Hopefully not. So Isaiah chapter 9. And so this is Christmas. And what have we done? Another year over, a new one just begun. And so goes John Lennon's 1971 Christmas hit, although it wasn't a number one apparently, with the choir singing in the background this refrain, War is over, if you want it. Yet the fact that that song is nearly 50 years old, we still live in a world ravaged by war. And for many this will mean that their Christmas day is spent isolated from loved ones. Perhaps that's true for you today. But in terms of our armed forces in total, there will be 11,000 sailors, sailors, soldiers, airmen and marines deployed on operations over Christmas from all three services, deployed in multiple continents on 35 operations in 30 countries. This bears the grim truth that we live in a world ravaged by warfare. We see it on an international scale, but we also see it within countries. Countries like our own, with people torn by politics and suspicion. And at Christmas time, we even experience it to some degree in our own homes whether that's with our parents or siblings and sometimes even in our marriages. The truth is this warfare that we experience, whether that's on an international scale or within our homes, well, that is symptomatic of a deeper type of warfare. The Bible says that this is because the whole world is out of sync with God. People have decided to go their own way. And because of this, the human race experiences warfare, whether on the international scale or hidden behind closed doors. This, in fact, is the battle that we all face. So we look to our passage and verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. People who walk in darkness have one need. Light. 
I wonder if you've ever tried to walk along with your eyes closed. Maybe it's just me. Hopefully not. But it's a bizarre experience. Maybe don't try and do it on the way home. Do it at another point where it's safe and there's grass around or something. Try walking along with your eyes closed. You get to about ten steps and then you have to open your eyes. This, 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 or this bodily desire just to see where you are is so strong. This urge you have to open your eyes and see where you are. We need light. But when the Bible talks about darkness, it's, it's not describing blindness or, or something being pitch black. Rather, it's talking about spiritual darkness. The absence of true light. The absence of God's presence. The prophet Isaiah in our passage is given words by God to encourage and to prepare God's people. When Isaiah was writing these words, God's people were experiencing, or about to experience, sorry, exile. Warfare was coming in the shape of a Babylonian army coming to kill and destroy and to take them away. This was indeed a deep darkness. But into this deep darkness, God inspires the prophet Isaiah to speak words of hope. That one day there is coming a light that will disperse all of this gloom and will enable the people once more to see with clarity and to enjoy the presence and blessings of God. Yet the wonderful thing for us is that while those who heard these words for the first time held on to that hope, that one day they would be fulfilled. From our standpoint in history, we look back to the first Christmas and see that these words have been accomplished. Yet there is still a battle. The warfare that is sin still ravages hearts and lives today. Even the hearts and lives of those people who know this light personally. However, the truth is, for those who trust this light, transformation does come. We read this in verse 4 and 5. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, Burning will be fuel for the fire. Isaiah speaks of a day when the Lord God would decisively end all warfare. He would bring an end to the warring of nations, cease the conflicts of countries, halt the hostility in our homes. The very things that we fear and things that, that keep us trapped, he promises to take away. And Isaiah uses this image of, of a yoke, the kind of thing that would be strapped to the shoulders of an animal to carry its master's goods, weighing them down, grinding them into the ground. And then smash they are shattered in an instant but how 
Have a look with me at verse 6. This is how. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is the way he will deliver us. The incredible solution to the warfare that we all face from nations warring all the way down to families in chaos or ourselves in turmoil. The solution is this, a child, a son, a weak and helpless baby boy born to a teenage mum in the Middle East. Yet this is not just any child. But he is absolutely human in every way. He shares the same needs of every baby ever. He needs comfort, food, milk, warmth, and not to mention changing. He is a normal baby boy. Yet at the same time, this child is a son. A son of Mary, yes, but firstly, the son of God. And what an amazing expectation to put on this child's head. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. As one writer puts it, if his name is Wonderful, then there will be nothing dull about his reign. As counsellor, he has the wisdom to rule justly. And as the mighty God, he has the power to execute his plans wisely. As everlasting father, he is the source then of eternity. This child who is both God and man will be the one to one day take away all Warfare. But it will only come through sacrifice and great cost. He is the one who carries the kingdom on his shoulders. So this child will grow into a man until one day he carries the yoke of warfare literally on his shoulders in the form of a wooden cross carried through the streets of Jerusalem to the sound of scorn and derision, taken up to a lonely hill, nailed to the crossbeam and lifted up naked for all to see. Such warfare. But it must be, as it's only through this act of self-sacrifice that the power of warfare will be broken. And as he is burdened with it, this warfare, and suffers and dies, we discover that our burdens have been lifted away. And instead of warfare, we now have peace. And the wonderful news is that this is the peace that we can enjoy forever verse 7 
of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The baby in the manger who is both God and human will grow and suffer. He will die, but then he will live again. Rising in victory over the grave, he will ascend to heaven and reign as king. Then one day, perhaps in 10,000 years time, or perhaps tomorrow morning on Christmas Day, he will return and complete his work to bring an end to all warfare. So do you recognise the darkness of warfare this Christmas? Whether out there in the world or in here, in your heart. And will you go to the one whose light shines in the darkness? Will you go to the one who carried your burden so that your burden can be taken away? Will you receive his peace this Christmas as you look forward to the day when he will return to end all warfare? Amen.